100.7 FM WHIN 1010 AM presents Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program each Sunday at 10 AM. Sumner County Spotlight, exclusively by FNM Bank. 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. FNM Bank offers personal banking, business banking, and mortgage loans too. Right here in Hendersonville, FNM Bank is one of the top independent banks in Tennessee. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. MMLS number 518158. Here's your host for Sumner County Spotlights, Tony Richards. Welcome to Sumner County Spotlight this Sunday morning and every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock right here on WHIN Radio. Brought to you by FNM Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville and also at myfmbank.com. And on the phone as we continue to social distance, and I'm looking forward to not doing that, it's Paul and Jamie Martin. Good morning. Good morning. How are you, Tony? I'm good. Glad to have you guys on the program. Great. Glad to be here. All right. Well, for those of you who don't know, uh, Jamie is the daughter of Dwayne Allen of the Oak Ridge Boys. And also, you guys have your own local band. And I, you know, as we kind of get into the program here, why don't you just tell us a little bit about each of yourselves, take a turn, and tell us, you know, where you're from, grew up, um, that whole deal, and what the heck you're doing in Sumner County. <laughs> well, I'm born and raised here in Hendersonville. Yes, my dad is Dwayne Allen with the Oak Ridge Boys. He moved here in the 60s and has been here ever since. Um, you know, my mom sings at the Grand Ole Opry. She's been there, gosh, a long time. And mm-hmm. so with uh, with me, it's uh, kind you're of kind of a, You're kind of a unicorn if you're born and raised there. <laughs> hey, that's right. I'm kind of well, one of very few, not yes. too many of us left that are actual natives. <laughs> right. But, yes, that's... Uh, it's my hometown, and Paul grew up in Kentucky, in Winchester, Kentucky, and uh, has been in music now for over 30 years. And so he moved down here, well, gosh, Paul, what year was it? In the early 90s. Yeah, I was I was the lead singer of Exile back in the late, late 80s, early 90s. Okay. And uh, when I, actually, I met, I met Dwayne and my mother-in-law before I met Jamie, so I knew them, because we did shows with the Oaks back in the 90s, and I knew them before I actually knew my future wife. And you still got <laughs> and you still got the thumbs up. Amazing. <laughs> Isn't that great? <laughs> you must have created a very good first impression. Here. Yeah. Oh, what did you say? I'm I said sorry. he must have created a very good first impression. I guess he did. They kind of welcomed him on in as a bonus son, you know, so it's it's been great. <laughs> and you guys have four kids, huh? Yes, sir, we do. They're all born and raised right here in Hendersonville, so they're natives as well. Oh, my. And so, yeah, it's just uh, we've everybody, you know, all the Oaks live out here. We all live out here. It's kind of... Um, you know, music city away from Nashville, I guess you'd say. There's, it's a lot of music, uh, exactly. country music royalty that's from right here where, where we live. You oh, know? Sure, so it's, sure. It's a great place. Well, with four kids, <laughs> uh, I'm sure your household's just calm as can be. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Have you been fine? <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely craziness, but that's how we like it. They've Our house, They, you know, people have always joked about it being like a music store. I know Paul worked with Marty Stewart uh, in his fabulous superlatives for many years, and Marty uh, is just like family, but he would always say it is like a music store. It's better than, you know, there's just open access to instruments all right. in every room of our house. So the kids had no chance. They they have grown up right in it, and they all play multiple instruments. They all write. They all sing, you know, started singing harmonies from a very early age. And so it just kind of fell right into place that we would begin uh singing and and performing with them eventually and now we have been doing that since 
around 2010, I guess we started kind of loosely playing shows with them here and there. And as they grew, um, got older, got more serious about it. In 2015, we started doing it full time. Right. Yeah, so was, did uh, during the years when I was with Marty Stewart, you know, we, we taped Marty's TV show for the RFD Network, mm-hmm. which is still airing today. So what's yeah. funny yeah. is the kids were on that show at one point or the other. The boys especially were on there many times, and they were little bitty guys. And uh, so we kind of saw the bug bite them very early on. And, it, you know, and, and I'd say Marty plays a role in that too because obviously Granddad, they, you know, when I went on the road with Marty and, and of course, with, with Dwayne, the kids, just they were just around. It just seemed like that's what we do. You know? Well, so, that's what I was going to ask. I mean, how's Grandpa feel about everybody? Now the second generation in the business – yeah, absolutely. Just he is just thrilled with every little thing they ever do. He's just the biggest cheerleader. He and my mom both. Um, parent Paul unfortunately lost both of his parents at a very young age. Uh, they they you know each died one at fifty and one at sixty. So mm-hmm. we know that if they were here too, they were also musicians and they also had a recording studio and a band. And Paul was on the road playing in their band from the time he was about eight years old. So it's just kind of a way of life of our family, and, and they're all very supportive of us. And so. we, you know, we also need to point out, you know, we haven't really brought this up, but my mother-in-law uh, has been singing background vocals at the Grand Ole Opry for like 40 years now. So oh, my goodness. He knows a thing or two about singing harmony. <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys, uh, you guys were predestined. There was just no choice for you. <laughs> yes. It's kind of like, yeah, what else are we going to do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm with you. I understand. So tell us about Kentucky and growing up there and, and what your influences, obviously your parents, but um, tell us a little bit about that. Well, you know, the, the Jamie said, alluded earlier, my, my dad, when he got out of college and my mom and dad got married, you know, they loved music, but in the late 50s when they got married, doing music for a living was probably not considered the most stable of lifestyles. Right, right. <laughs> so, so he had an office job, and they had their little band, and we played, you know, around the area where we, I grew up. Around It's around Lexington. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had the studio, and I started out as a drummer, and then I just did that all through my growing up years, and I got my first, like, rock bands and things like that. And there was a time in the early 80s when I went into college, I would be playing, I had a heavy metal band, you know, we were doing, like, Judas Priest and things like that. Oh, yeah. But then I'd also be playing piano or bass or drums with some gospel group on a Sunday night at a church somewhere up there. <laughs> I mean, hey, the, the it's all is, about versatility. Music. music is music, you know. The, the, ones who really, you the ones who really love it appreciate every single kind. Yep. I don't care what it is. Every genre, we you know, love it all. It's all good. It. Yeah, in our house right now, to this day, it you know I've had I've, over the years I've worked you know after I was the lead singer of Exile and then I worked on trying to be a solo artist in the mid nineties. Then I went and worked with Kathy Matea and I played. Uh, I did, of course, you know I think there's a rule in Middle Tennessee that if you you have to work for the Oak Ridge Boys. So I played bass <laughs> in their band for about three or four years. It, it's amazing to this very day. I meet people all the time. Uh, when I when they find out who who my father in law is or something, they always have a story to tell me. Dwayne gave me my first job, or the Oaks. That was my first job. You know, right. it's, it's amazing right. how 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 because Dwayne's been in the Oaks since 1966, and I mean, it's just amazing. Like, and, and people well, you know, just, some you know, for 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 a lot of people, and you hear that about George Jones, you hear it about Garth yep. Brooks, you hear it about people who, and there's just something about the entertainment business where it's always someone helping someone else. And uh, there's such a respect for what anybody brings to the table with their unique, whether it's vocals or they're playing an instrument, whatever it is. Yeah, it's... it's, like I said, well, with the Exile thing, see, the group Exile's from where I'm from. I mean, those mm-hmm. guys were old. When I joined the band in 1988, I was 25, and they were like 40. 
Right. But when right. I got into the band, we had so many common people between us that it was like I was I'd been in the band all my life because right. I knew we just immediately clicked on a personal side and a musical side and, and you know something I think it's getting lost these days you know with with and I'm not complaining necessarily but you know when when I was growing up because you know the the areas of the country like there was an Atlanta sound and Nashville yeah sound, yep Detroit there sound. sure was Midwest sound and, you know yeah yeah and and we were we were kind of not quite as con- you know because of satellite and, and internet and things we're so connected now I think people can put together music that sounds like it was cut you know in in some urban area and it might be out in the middle of, of a field and you know Nebraska, what I you know? Uh, uh, Paul I never really thought of that you know that that sort of regional thing has maybe been lost. I mean, people just knew, you know, Seeger, Nugent, uh, Motown, all Detroit. You got Ario Speedwagon in Chicago. You've got Mellencamp in Southern Indiana. It, it's just interesting. Um, yeah, the Memphis sound, you know, right. uh, Rockabilly came out of that part of the right. Tennessee, and then, and then of course, you know, in the seventies, you had like the, you know, the Stack sound. But, but it's it's amazing because. We all loved it, but but I think you know people made us. They made a like you know I think a Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. There was a noise they made that was their own. And like I say, even with our family to this day, the way we perform and sing and play together, it's kind of like we have this noise that we make that I, it's kind of hard to describe. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I, I think especially experience. I think that is especially true with families. I, I don't yeah. really know of anybody. The best harmonies, my opinion, again personal opinion. Are always families. I don't care if it's Osmond Brothers, BGS. Uh, you know, there's just something about it. Yeah, it, I we talk about the DNA yeah. matching. You know, and when you have children that you're singing with, they're coming from your DNA. So you sing, you sound so similar, even though the voices will be some are high, some are low, some are uh, strong, some are quiet, but they all have a very similar quality. So when you put them together. It uh, we we talk about this in our show. It kind of locks in like puzzle pieces, and then it right. just sort of right. it's like riding a wave. You know, it just is like a like an ebb and flow of a wave once once the harmonies lock in. Right. Where yeah, with other right. people, other people used to have to what they call overdub to do a, get that sound. Whether it was I know Richard <laughs> Richard <laughs> Richard Carpenter was en- enamored with that when he was little and did he this whole over Les Paul. Yeah, Les Paul. You've got, um, gosh, there was somebody, oh, Barry Manilow did a lot of it, too. So Mm -hmm. it's just interesting, but when you have a whole crew, like you guys do, (laughs) you know, it works (laughs) out. And, you know, what's bizarre is all four kids, they all seem to have perfect pitch. It's bizarre, Mm -hmm. or at least relative perfect pitch, because we have been, we've been honored in the last three or four years, especially, when we first started doing this, one of the old guys, there's an old guy, he's, he's, he's kind of, he's, he's still alive, but I don't think he's really working anymore. And he, he's what they call a show packager. He does, he does, I mean, the Oak Ridge Boys, Exile, everybody's worked with this company for years. And he started booking us on fairs early on. He's, he, he was, he really was very supportive. And he told me, he said, Paul, you need to have a version of the, of the national anthem, get your version and work it up and have it in your hip huh. pocket. So we did. Well, as a result of that, we've gotten, we did the Music City Bowl this past year. We, we did that. We've done a ton of NBA. Now, do you games think that college. he? Do you think he was? He knew that without really telling you why. But do he knew it might open some doors and get you in some other places you might not oh, have thought absolutely. of. I'm sure. And yeah, yeah, Because yeah. he knows, and especially their their specialty is really the fairs. But you know, fairs are still family. You know, they're still a family event. And, sure. And, you know, there's still a. I think there's still a lot of people that that are looking for something they can go to and not worry about. You know, what yeah. we're going to be exposed to. You right. know. And and so, but it really opened a lot. It did open a lot of doors for us. And what's funny, our arrangement we we have, uh, like I said, getting to do it in all these different venues. But what the, what the neatest? It's you know sometimes a compliment 
somebody might look you in the face and say, hey, you guys are really good, or we really like you, and you really appreciate that. But the, one, the compliment that always gets me is when people have no idea who you are, what you're doing there, and when you start singing the anthem, we've done some festivals outdoors where maybe we're standing in the we go on stage and we open our show with the anthem, and it's fun to watch people turn their back to face the flag on the Capitol or yeah, the yeah, courthouse or yeah, wherever in the town. Yeah, exactly. We start singing, and then all of a sudden you start watching people's heads turn back and look at us with this that's awesome. look on their face. That's what I call. That's the kind of stuff that's just so much fun to see. You go, hey, maybe this is working. You know, <laughs> right? Exactly. It's like, wow, <laughs> there must be something here. Well, so uh, let me ask you real quick, Paul, what pushed you out? front then uh, because you said you sang lead for Oak Ridge Boy I mean sorry for Exile but you also said you were uh, a drummer so how did that come to be you know my with my dad having the recording studio I, I start I wanted to be when I was a little kid my two heroes were Ringo Starr from the Beatles mm-hmm. and a guy named Willie Cantu who was Buck Owens's drummer when I was a kid Buck Owens had a TV show that was in syndication that aired on you know in my hometown I would watch it on local tech TV and those were the two guys I, I wanted to be a drummer, and those were the two guys I looked up to. And what funny enough, Willie, I got to be great friends with because he lives here in Nashville. I met him many, several years ago, you know. And uh, I've never met Ringo, but I've gotten, you know, yeah, I know a yeah. lot of people who work with him and stuff. But yeah, um, but, it's always but, exciting, you know, isn't it? Yes, it, it really is getting there. And I, when I was with Marty, we we worked with one of my musical heroes, Roger McGuinn of the Birds, who's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We toured with him and got to be kind of like the Birds. Mm-hmm. And Roger was the sweetest guy. It, when you meet your heroes and they're wonderful people, it's just, ah, yeah. you know, so much well, joy. Well, and, and, you know, I must tell you, uh, in regard to your in-law and, uh, and, and the whole band, really, I, I literally can't think of ever hearing anything negative about the Oak Ridge Boys. I don't care if it's Richard or anybody, the experience they have, and that, you know, that can't always be easy to do, especially when they were in their heyday and you're getting yanked 10,000 different ways and you're trying to be nice, but you're exhausted and et cetera, et cetera, you know? You know, it's funny, when I joined Exile in 1988, I didn't know Dwayne or nobody in the Oaks at that time. What I did know was the the Exile guys, about two years earlier, when they were just gone country, they did a bunch of dates opening for the Oaks on when the Oaks were like still in the, the arena days, you know, mm. like their Garth yeah. days, I guess you'd say. Yeah. And uh, all the guys in Exile spoke so highly of the Oaks then because they took care of their acts. Yeah. And and we actually modeled our, our business model with Exile. The way we did our business was exactly the Oaks business model. Mm-hmm. And then I finally met Dwayne, and you know, and then we did shows with the Oaks while I was there. And then, of course, Jamie and I met, and you know, of course, the rest of that is history. But I, and then working with the Oaks. But you're right. And Dwayne, when we started this with our family, believe you me. What a source of wisdom. And, yeah. and you know, you know yeah. sometimes how kids will listen to the parents and sometimes they won't, mm-hmm. but they will listen to granddad. And and he's always told them, guys, the minute you, he said, when you go in to play, you go in with a great attitude, you go to do a good job. He said, when you leave, you want people smiling and glad to have you. He said, and if they have you back, that's your greatest compliment because they really liked you and they really liked the way you treated them. He said, but the minute you do something ugly, he said, "Everybody, else everybody's yeah. going to know about it." It's, it's uh, yeah, it's magnified twenty times. There's no question about yeah. it. We're uh, we're up against our first break. We're talking with Paul and okay. Jamie Martin, and uh, a little bit about the Oaks as well. And you're right. I mean, one of the other things before we we hit the break here, real quick, is not only 
um, just how they're how they've conducted themselves over their careers, but what they've done for Hendersonville, what they've done for the local community, and staying with their feet firmly on the ground, which I think is a huge compliment. So we're gonna we're gonna come back and talk more, a little bit more with Paul and Jamie Martin right after these messages here on Sumner County Spotlight on WHIN. We'll be right back after this. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights since 1906. FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. Welcome back to Sumner County Spotlight here on this Sunday morning, brought to you by FM Bank at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville and also at myfmbank.com. And on the phone, having a good time chatting with Paul and Jamie Martin. And uh, hey, Jamie, hey. I think we've talked to, to Paul plenty. Let's talk to you now. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to take over. No. I think so too. Oh, I'm quite sure Paul, she's used to it. Come on, it's okay. Oh, no, yeah. actually, actually, I always tell people I make all the important decisions at my house, but there just hadn't been any. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I was. Uh, it's funny that you say that because I was just having that conversation with my wife, and of course, I lost. Oh, so anyway. <laughs> It happens, you know, it's okay. No, so we new, love you anyway. no new car for daddy, but I gave it a shot. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Jamie, so you grow up um, as Dwayne Allen's daughter, um, and you stay in Hendersonville. You're born and raised. You go to school here in Sumner County. And, uh, you know, how did that work? Did you see your pops much back then? Well, always uh, during the week we did. He was gone nearly every weekend while I was growing up. You know, I lived through... The, the heyday, the, the Elvira days, if you yeah. will, those yeah. of us that are old enough to remember that early 80s uh, span of time where basically they had changed from, in the late 70s, gospel to country. And, and then had crossed over to pop, their too. First single. Yeah. yeah, that was like 76 or 7. Mm-hmm. And then they went on into the early 80s, had a greatest hit CD. They were doing pretty good. And then all of a sudden, 81, right, mm-hmm. Paul? Am I right on yeah. that year? Yeah. And... Um, Elvira hit, and it became not only a country smash, but it was a pop crossover hit, and it was just like, Isn't that whoa, funny how bar the door, one, here we go. Uh, you think you're cooking, and you're having a great career, and all of a sudden this happens, and it's, yeah, it's not it even time, remotely close. It's a oh, whole new planet. It was, it was success times 100. I mean, and, you know, explaining how that was... Back in the day, you know, to our kids, it's it's hard for them to understand because you know music is so just widely accessible now mm-hmm. with social media and internet. Um, but you know, back then you had to, you know, in order to have that type of success, I mean, you had to be on a on a television show on one of the main three networks. And mm-hmm. you know, we did have then cable come along, and of course MTV and then right. TNT and all right. that, and that helped really. Yeah, but I'm sure your dad and it. the guys knew. I'm like, oh boy, we're never going to be able to have a show without this one now. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! Oh yeah, never. I mean, never they again. would. And you they know would what? kill them. <laughs> they're happy to do it. They're yeah. happy to do it. It yeah. was one of those songs that just it made their it career. Their it changed their lives. It and really you know did. What? Isn't and it funny how the simple ones do well? It's not like it's this big complex piece. Exactly. But it's the kiss method to keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. You know? <laughs> exactly. You always hear that, but yeah. it like my dad always talks about that. You know, it just needs to be memorable and singable. It's yep. got to be something that every. Everybody can easily sing and understand and remember. It's if you walk around finding yourself humming it or singing something, it's probably going to be a hit, mm-hmm. and you know that that you've remembered it. And and anyway, so that was a really crazy time. But I did see them a lot because they were home during the week, and like I, you know, 
any activities I would do at school. I was a cheerleader when I was in middle school and high school. You know, my dad loves basketball. He couldn't wait to get home and go to that Tuesday night basketball game. And he yeah. was there, and everybody knew him and my mom, and he right. knew all the players and right. the coach. I mean, so that he was so when was how, how when he was you, How old were you when Elvira happened? Well, Did let's you say? see. I was... Nine. Yeah, about nine, almost ten, turned oh, ten yeah. at the end of the year, I guess. Yeah. Okay, and so, then, uh, and now, so as I, I recall, was, and correct me if I'm wrong, but as I recall, when all of that happened and there was the, there was the height of, of not just Elvira, but just of their careers, um, because of your dad in particular uh, being out front um, maybe more so than the others on occasion, um, although mm-hmm. they were all there, but he ended up doing some emceeing and things because he could do well, that stuff, right? he used to be their MC. Yeah, yeah. He, and, he, he was, and he, he hosted, was a DJ in, in but didn't college. He, host, he had didn't, been a disc jockey. Didn't he host some awards shows and things like that, too, though? Is that right? Yeah, he, well, let's see. I'm trying to think. It, I'm sure for sure in the gospel days early on because he was their spokesman on mm-hmm. stage yeah. that did all the talking, but... It kind of just uh, ended up where he was doing so many of the leads. It got to be, you know, it wears your voice out after a while, of course. Yeah. So uh, Joe Bonzel came along and, of course, has that natural just yeah. gift of, of gab. He, he is so quick. He's so funny. He's a wonderful, wonderful mm-hmm. MC spokesperson. He's just yeah. amazing. Yeah. So it, things started shifting over, and Joe became that person for them uh, on stage. And then Daddy would con- continue singing lead. And, you know, they all do their own lead. And they all speak from time to time, but Joe does most of the talking for them on stage now, uh, right. and hosting and that kind of thing, just because right. he's so gifted at it. <laughs> right. Well, it was a crazy time, and then uh, when I had a chance to interview Richard not that long ago, I was probably six months ago, but we were talking about the whole uh, President Bush thing, the first Bush, and uh, uh-huh. huge fan, and uh, you know that clearly helped um, that career continue and continue and continue. You know. Sure. Yeah, they were friends, and he he would have uh, the Oak Ridge Boys were his favorite band. He had been, um, you know, uh, lived in Texas, of course. Um, my dad's from Texas, and <clears throat> he just had always loved the Oak Ridge Boys. So when he was in office, he would have them sing at like different events. Um, you know, as a as a kid, we got to go to the White House when uh, the the congressional barbecue. I remember oh, happened one my year. Gosh, that on had to the, be fun. I guess it was the South Lawn, <laughs> and they they set a big stage up and had all of Congress out there and their families. That's right. And, um, I remember remember that yeah. and so yeah we got to go and, and my dad and them were singing and, and then we got you know to go toward the white house and toss some horseshoes out back in the, in the garden and it just really really cool memories you know hard to uh hard to explain how it, impactful that was i mean that was, that was a really neat time okay and so you guys <laughs> so you guys hooked up and now you've got your family and you've created this band so why don't you just tell us a little bit about um, you know, how you guys met, well, we talked just a little teeny bit about it, but, and how that's kind of changed throughout the years and, and the different things you guys have done. Because with four, I don't care how old they are. They could be between, you know, three and eight, or they could be between 15 and 25. It's still craziness. Oh, it's, it's constantly on stun. We are, yeah, our yeah, schedule exactly. never seems to slow down. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, we, we, Paul and I met when he was still the lead singer and, and lead guitarist for Exile. And um, it, they were doing some, had done plenty of shows with 
my dad and them, and eventually Paul and I ended up meeting, started dating in 91, and uh, got married in 95, and never, ever fathomed that we would end up with having four children, and then I remember, you know, as each one of them are being born, it's like, are they going to be able to, I wonder if they're going to enjoy music and love singing, and we're like, Lord, please don't let them be tone deaf, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not really, but you know what I mean? You don't know what they're going to like, and, and so as they have all, when they started growing, you know, there's just always been music all over the place, all over the house, and mm-hmm. constantly in the car at home, and um, all kinds of music. So they were exposed from birth, you know, to just everything that we loved, and and it's been really neat to watch them become little music historians, like like we think we are. You know, where we you just love yeah. so many oh, yeah. different styles and kinds. Well, well to they do us, too. It, to us, it doesn't seem like history, but I guess it is. That's we're, right. <laughs> it's like you just love. It's just fun. To, it, it's like we we love trivial pursuit uh, of the music industry. You know, mm-hmm. of, of yep. every type and. So they're like that too. You might hear. Um, yeah, don't challenge the Martin and, family to any of that stuff. <laughs> oh, they they always laugh. It's like you know, name that tune. Oh, are you kidding? We would be like absolute world champions. Yeah, not only can we name it, we can sing it. <laughs> <laughs> we can play it, and we can yeah. play it in one bar. Yeah, you know, exactly. Yes. Okay, so tell us about your kids. Tell us about, you know, when you started. You know, it's one thing to have one or two into it, but, you know, all ears are into it, and and what instruments they gravitated to and those kind of things. How's, How's that going? Well, our kids are now, uh, they range in age from 13 to 22. Mm -hmm. So our oldest is March, like the month. He is 22, and he started really early. We got him a, uh, he was picking around on, you know, picking up guitars and and hitting drums and uh, little pots and pans and fake keyboards when he was a baby. But at two years old, we got him a drum kit, and within, you know, just a few days, he was sitting there playing a swing beat and playing little, you know, loving little things like that. A little prodigy, I love it. Sure, and and we thought, oh, this is this is neat. He talked really early, and you know, he started. You could show him a chord or two, and before you know it, he would just take it and run with it. You know, pretty much self-taught on just about every instrument he plays. Um, he's now 22 and plays bass and guitar and acoustic and drums and keys. Um, he writes. He he. We have a studio. You know, we have one, but now my boys also have their own. So he's recording things from top to bottom and then doing all the vocals. And I got you. Yeah. So he's really just dug deep. You know. And, and, well, one thing, hey Jamie, real quick. Just the other day, uh, he got into a. He's been writing with quite a few writers in town, and just about a month ago, one of the songs he had written, they dem- he demoed it for him, and the song plugger for one of the writers. They actually pitched it to Keith Urban and Kane Brown. Well, that was kind of his first ever pitch. He was that's so excited. That's great, I mean, yeah. You know, but, but, I mean, he's writing that good. I mean, he's writing well, songs. that's what's that, amazing. That, I mean, here we are, us old guys. We had to learn yeah. all this as we went. These guys are popping in the studio. They're doing everything themselves. You're like, what? I would have had to go to four studios to get that kind of sound. It's crazy. <laughs> oh, I know. It's Technology's crazy what amazing. they do. It blows my mind. I mean, we literally have to take reels of tape in our car. Okay, let's go over to this studio. We'll go over to that studio. Unbelievable. Yes. It, it was amazing when, when the world of digital recording opened up because all of a sudden just the in, the possibilities are endless, you know, and you can just uh, electronically transfer these, these files back and forth and mm-hmm. keep adding to it. So, you know, March is really into all that. And then when you move on down to the next child, that is Kel, K-E-L-L, and he is our 19-year-old. 
and every bit as fascinated and obsessed with music as his brother. And um, they couldn't be more different in personality. Um, you mm-hmm. know, March has always been the real, a little bit more of the outgoing, uh, you know, messy right. artist, yep. just funny, loud, louder personality. Kale is quieter and more reserved and very, very neat and folds the neatest stack of clothes you'll ever see in your life. Mama loves so that. When, <laughs> yes, and but they they perfectly complement each other. And so, you know, Kale is our keyboardist in our band. He plays keys, a piano, all of that. He is synthesizer, you know, just anything to do with a keyboard. He's mm-hmm. all over it and has been since he was very young. Cool. And uh, we're just kind of like a little mad scientist. You know, uh, playing keyboards is a lot like math. He's very, very good at yep. school with that, too. And yep. So it, it's amazing to listen to some of the things he will come up with that are, you know, anything from very beautiful um kind of uh, orchestral sounding things to rock to pop to he loves 80s synth stuff and then he loves video game music as well it real techno sounding yeah, so yeah. He, he just kind of writes everything in between mm-hmm. so they're really cool together and doing a whole lot in their studio these days and then you move on down to our next child was our first daughter that we had and she is uh, her name is texas like the state she's named after paul's mother i that like his that mom's name. name that's cool yeah, and his yeah, so that kind of explains why all of our kids have unique names because we knew if we ever had a little girl, we would name her after my mom. My mom died of breast cancer at fifty, thirty mm-hmm. some years ago, and and uh, Jamie didn't get to meet my mom, and and so. Um, when we got married, she said, "Well, if we ever have a little girl, we'll name her Texas because my dad's from Texas." Yeah, and you know, and we'll play. How sweet to her. is that? That's great. So we knew, we knew without a doubt, we had to come up with unique names for the boys. We didn't know we were, we didn't find out really if we were having boys or not when we got when Jimmy got pregnant. So we just had these names. Actually, Nora Lee, my mother-in-law, the first student, the boys' names were her suggestions, and we loved them. You know? Well, yeah. you know, I'm sure she's not daddy's little girl or anything, so. Oh God! <laughs> yes, she's, I'm telling you, I that's know exactly better. Yeah. right from day one. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and she's 15 now, and believe it or not, she is our drummer for our band. She's been playing on the road with us since she was seven. Awesome. Um, and she, you know, recording in the studio, uh, her first track when she was eight, and that was on one of the very first projects she, that that we recorded together. She actually. You know, people think you see the video on YouTube. Yeah, people think you'd hire a bunch of like Nashville musicians or professional, you know, uh, session players to come in and do your tracks, and we would just come sing. Oh Mm -hmm. no, no, no! Our kids actually were like, "No, I'll play that." That's right. We got the complete package here. That's right. You know, so uh, we—it's just been really so much fun to watch them blossom and grow. And she has been a writer since she was very tiny. At no, no lie, at three and four years old. She was walking around humming melodies and would be making up words. And we did a a brief stint with a web TV series uh, early on. We had we went by um, a different name called Martin Family Circus for about mm-hmm. eight years. So when we were in the early stages of of that, you know band configuration with the name Martin Family Circus, we did a web TV series. And the uh, it came time to come up with a theme song. Well, Texas wrote it and sang it, and Paul recorded it. You know, it I got to tell you, I, I would much rather watch this than any Kardashian show. You guys should just find, <laughs> you know, get that get that reality yeah, show yeah, going will again. Make you blush. Because it was I, really, you know, really neat. Yeah, because yeah, go, go ahead. ahead yeah. No, you go ahead. I was just saying she 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 came up with that, and and so Paul's like, well, let's get that recorded, and she did it, and uh, we listen back now, and just you know, she could probably cringe thinking about yeah, it, like, yeah, no, exactly. it's terrible, but we just love it. Five years old, I mean, it's like, yeah. hey, all right, well, we've gone <laughs> through three of the kids. She did that. We've gone through three of the kids. We got another one, and we've got a break to, uh, to go here, so we're going to have to come back in just a little bit, 
and hear about number Absolutely. four. I that perfectly. We're on the phone. Yeah, we're on the phone with <laughs> Paul and Jamie Martin, and we're going to come back with more of our program in just a minute. We appreciate you joining us this morning. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. And welcome back to Sumner County Spotlight. This morning we're talking with Paul and Jamie Martin. We're having a really good time chatting this morning uh, on the program. And we've we've gone through three or your four, so we can't leave out the baby. What's going on? All right, that's talent. And uh, a lot of people say her name is appropriately given, it's, but she spells it a little different, T-A-L-L-A-N-T. Uh-huh. And uh, she is 13, and boy, I tell you, came out just singing from birth. She loves to um, play instruments and write. She's kind of like our oldest, March, in that she's a multi-instrumentalist. So mm-hmm. she plays guitar, bass, and piano. And... Um, you know, is is so uh, such an integral part because when we're putting our songs together live, you know, you've got to have bass, drums, keys, and um, guitar. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, you know, we've got Texas playing drums and Kel plays keys. March or Paul could play guitar and bass. Well, then sometimes you're like, well, wait a minute, who's going to play acoustic? And, you know, they look over at me, and I'm like, hey, whoa, <laughs> no uh Look, somebody's just got to stand up here and look good, y'all. Like, I don't yeah, play. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> so, just kidding. But but when talent started showing this, this knack for picking up, you know, instruments and really being able to play them. And, you know, Paul could say, hey, honey, play, uh, here's, some, here's some chords here to this song. See if you can play this. Well, just within 20 minutes, she's sitting there strumming like she's been playing it for a long time. That and is I'm like, crazy. How yeah. do you do this? How do you do this? I get it from him. I'm sure it didn't come, unless it came down through, you know, earlier <laughs> earlier generations of in my bloodline. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, so she now covers whatever instrument, you know, she and Paul and March kind of just trade those so guitar who, parts around so like who that. Is so who is the, uh, tell me about the vocals, because everybody sings, but who enjoys singing, who likes to be out front, who likes to do that? You know what? That's actually... We all six sing, we all six sing leads, and we all six sing harmonies, and we move around on different harmonies. So when we first started out, Paul and I I have always sung together. I guess it kind of got started in 2010, sitting on the couch singing, um, actually, a Chicago song. He and I were. He was playing guitar, and I'm singing, and March came breezing through and was adding a harmony as he walked by us. Like, whoa, come here. Sit sit down. Can you hear that harmony? Yeah. And he was like, yeah. And so I said, you sing with us. Well, then we call the other boy in. Hey, can you hear, uh, you know, do you hear this harmony? And yeah, yeah, I can do that. And so we were <laughs> like, whoa. And realized they had pretty high voices at the time, and they could cover some of those high Beach Boys harmonies on Wishing You Were Here, you know, the yeah. by Chicago. Oh, that no. was the Beach Boys Yeah, singing. that's not exactly the, one and, of the easier. That's not Saturday in the Park. Wishing You Were Here, that's no, a little, no, no. That's a little more listen, complex. Yeah, you, we were you guys like, are going okay, for the pros cool. here. So we started putting that together and ran over and, you know, put three or four songs together. And in a few days, called my mom and dad, said, hey, we want to show you something. Look what we've been doing. And it was just like, it just came so easy to them. You just show them a part and they could hear it and stay on it. It's just kind of a God-given thing, I guess. You know, they could just hear it and stick to it. Mm -hmm. So then next thing you know, uh, we we were singing around and doing some little performances here and there and just for fun, but it kind of started growing. Well, a few years down the pike, their voices, the boys, started getting low. 
Um, and we're like, wow, how are you going to do those Michael Jackson harmonies now? You know, Jackson 5 song with those really high right. Michael Jackson things became a little difficult. But all of a sudden, then we had these girls that were, you know, several years behind them. But now they were growing up. And it's like, hey, can can you hear this harmony? Easy now? substitute. And, there you go. And they could. So it just kind of became, okay, now we can do all this. So, you know, usually now... We will take turns when we're live. All of us do sing leads. Paul, you know, he's got some hits that he sang on with Exile during mm-hmm. the, you know, his tenure with them, as well as other people he's played with, or just songs he's written. He might sing, or some of the old, like maybe classic rock hits that he grew up doing, or whatever in his his band days. And like I might do that kind of, you know, oh, just anything that was maybe early um, pop hits or country, or maybe gospel stuff that we're doing, whatever. The kids all have interests in lots of different genres of pop they all write so from time to time in our show most of the time it's going to be maybe like march maybe texas singing most of our leads but then we'll push kill out and he sings some talent does so do i uh, and so does paul so hard to say uh you know who really likes it or doesn't we all love it so we just all do it and it's never been anything anybody's nervous about because They've been doing it so long, since they were babies, you yeah. know, little kids. Can, so. you, can you guys tell me about the timeline of the band? And, you know, it began as one thing, and now here you are in 2020. And tell us kind of how it's all evolved and when it happened and when it all started. Yeah, I would say 2010 would be kind of the catalyst moment when I was talking a second ago about us kind of sitting on the couch. and then well, more... actually go back the year before that. Well, was... this is true, yes. yes. yeah. When I, was okay. with, when I was with Marty Stewart. The boys, when they first started school, they went to Merrill Hyde Magnet. And I was, you know, before I went on the road with Marty, I was kind of, I just worked in my studio and doing, you know, stuff here locally and trying to raise my family. But when Mar- Marty's been a longtime friend for 30-some years, he's like family, him and Connie both are, I mean, we're still, I, we know, we just, we love him. And uh, Marty called me out of the clear blue one day and said, hey, what are you doing this weekend? So I went and started playing bass for the superlatives. And about a year into that, my boys did the talent show at school where they sang a Beatles song where March played acoustic. He was like fifth grade and Kel was like second. And they did eight days a week. And when I showed it to Marty and the guys, Marty, Marty does this show every year. It doesn't write the rhyme at the auditorium called, um, it's called, it's called the, the late, late night. night Jam. Jam. Thank you. Jim. Yeah. And, um, uh, so and it's a late show, but he he said, well, they got to do this. Well, instead of doing the Beatles song, they said, hey, we want to do the Staples family song called Slow Train. So hmm. the band with the band backed them up. Marsh actually played electric guitar on it, and so me and Marty and the guys backed them up. Jamie and the boys came out and sang it to a packed house at the Ryman. <laughs> were they, they, ner- they were they nervous, or did they not even think about it? No, I didn't think one thing about it. That's the best part about being young. They have no idea what they're about to do. Oh, no (laughs) idea where they're standing. (laughs) Exactly, (laughs) exactly. The first time time we sang a national anthem was we did the Indiana Pacers-Chicago Bulls game. Packed arena... And we did. We were hoping to do a, like a test run, maybe go to Jamie's, you know, over Beach High School or somewhere. Look, I don't Jamie's care who you are. Nobody, like a, nobody likes that pressure doing that song. It's just yeah, everybody I, I talked to. But to them, they're probably yeah, whatever. <laughs> well, we walked out. On, yeah, we walked on the court in, in, at you know at the, at the in the arena. And we step out on the court and sing it. And, of course, as we're walking off the court, March looked at me and goes, Dad, your hand was shaking when you hold the mic. I said, yeah, you think? Because <laughs> I knew we'd never done this before. And I was exactly. terrified. I mean, I was, I was trying to hold it together. Thinking, uh, yeah, you know, I can put they can, this up in front of 20,000 people? Yeah, they can put you in a football stadium with 80,000. No problem. But ask me to sing, yeah. the, national, <laughs> ask me to sing the national anthem? Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, we've all got things that, that we're okay with doing and things we don't know what to do. I mean, for them, it just comes natural, and it seems like well, everybody knows how to sing those parts, don't they? I mean, like when they were little, they just, 
you just sing and you just assume everybody hears those harmonies or everybody can play this, right. you know. Um, so it, it really was nothing but like Paul and I would be sitting there shaking going, oh my goodness. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> okay, so in 2010, so you, you, you start yeah. doing this and then what happens? How do you, uh, do you decide well, you want to start went, doing some gigs? You want to just do some recordings? I mean, what were you going to do? Yeah, Paul, you want to take that yeah. one? You no, know, and we we would just every because I was still touring with Marty, so I was gone a lot. So, um, but what we would do about about two or three times a year in the, those first couple of years, we'd find little fairs to play or little restaurants. We'd go in and sing. We just do it acoustically, you know. Mm-hmm. The boys had nobody had really gotten to the point where they were really competent players just yet. So we would go and play, and I I would uh, you know just play acoustic, and we would sing. It was all about the harmony. But I, we taught them harmonies first, so we thought that's important, you know. So about 2014. We, I, I had put out this solo record. Marty had all the band guys do a solo project. Well, in my hometown up in Kentucky, they wanted to do a like a C, like a CD release kind of thing. Well, Marty and them said, "Hey, Paul, we'll go play with you." And I said, "Guys, oh, I don't want boy, you to drive that'll all the way up there. I, said, I appreciate up. that, but yeah. you know." And I said, "I said, no, I said it's going to be cool." I said, "Tell what I'll do. I'll just go up and do about you know we'll work about five or six songs. I'll just take Jamie the kids. We'll do it. You know, you guys don't have to go all the way up there for me. I appreciate it." But so we went up there and played the show. Well, we videotaped it. And when I got back and started watching the playback, I had a perspective I didn't normally have. And, and I'm listening to the Texas playing drums and March playing bass and Kel playing keys. And I looked at Jamie and I go, Jamie, I think if we don't do this, if we don't do this now, we will look back in 10 years and really kick ourselves. I see. So at Christmas of 2014, I, I called Marty and said, Marty, I'm not mad. I, I just feel like i got to go do this with my family. And, and he goes, well, man, he goes, I hate to see you leave. You know how I feel about you, but I understand and so I played with. You know, I finished out my little tenure with Marty, and then we. I came home from the last. I did a trip to Wisconsin, you know, and I got back and I got off the bus, hugged everybody in, in the band, and you know, said our goodbyes that day. I got in my car, I drove back, got back to the house, and I walk in, look at Jamie, said, "Well, here we go. I'm unemployed, and here we go. <laughs> here we go. The yeah. life of a musician. Yep." Here we yeah, go. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, life is a series of leaps of faith, and sometimes, you know, it's like you said, it wasn't like you were planning on it. You're watching this, and you get this different response. It's like, wait a minute, you know? So, yeah. you, so you went for it. Yeah, well, that well, was, you know, yeah. It's, it's funny. We actually had, in, in 2014, about this time in 2014, we actually went and had lunch with our pastor. We go to First Baptist here in Hendersonville. Bruce Chester, has he's a, he's a wonderful man. He's he's a friend. He's not just our pastor. He's a friend. Right. And and he's a guy. We just sat and had lunch and told him what we were thinking, and he just kind of said what we were thinking. He goes, well, the way I look at it, your, your kids, you know, March was like 16 at the time. He said, your window's closing pretty quick here, guys. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. And True. I, you know. And so we, I mean, they're we, already we, uh, they're already sp- suspect about hanging out with mom and dad. So let's sure, <laughs> yeah, you know. Well, and you know, and then we ended up getting just a random, you know, here we are, 2015. It's yeah, beginning of the year. We're like, okay, now we got to start somewhere because you know you don't have management or an agent or anything like that. It's just you, and you're thinking we got to start trying to book some shows, you know. <laughs> so we we started uh, getting out there, you know, just kind of putting the word out. And one one fair, you know, emailed us, hey, I, I saw you all. We had done a television show, and she had seen it. And she was like, you know, we've got a fair coming up. We'd love to have you come sing. And here we go. We got awesome. hired. And from that point forward, it started multiplying to, you know, doing just a, a show or two a month to maybe well, but, four or five but, a month. But here's the thing, Jamie. They wouldn't That wouldn't have happened if you weren't good. I mean, so that's you, you need to keep that in mind it's not like they ask every that that happens to everybody that tries it you know you, well and it's not know, just because I, I you're Dwayne that. it's not it's, because you're Dwayne Allen's daughter and it's not because Paul was in exile it's because of what they heard and what they saw 
I think. Well, you have to. You you might you might get a meeting set because of somebody that you're connected to. But like my dad said, but once you show up and, and open your mouth to sing, you better be good, yep. or they won't call That's you back. That's exactly so, right. That's exactly right. Um, but anyway, it was uh, it, it, so that's that's kind of how we got started building it. You know, it just kept building and building each year. Um, we would do some recordings. You know, we came up to one show we were going to do, and they said, "Well, hey, bring your CDs, and and uh, we'll have a table set up for you to sell them." And Paul looks at me and goes, "Oh, we better do some CD made." <laughs> exactly. uh, so. We did it in like two weeks, you know, we had it ready to go, you know, it was just craziness. And we, I think back on those days, like, how did we, I know it's crazy, isn't it? It's it's like either, it's like either feast or famine. It's like, okay, we're trying to figure out a plan. Oh my God, we're all moving so fast. We don't have time to do anything. Yes. And they were little and we had to then soon enough start homeschooling everybody because we were traveling so much and, you know, our lives just kind of turned upside down and I'm I'm tired thinking about it, but thinking back on it now. Um, but you know, we just kept moving. You just, you know, you just take one day at a time, like, like the song, you know, (laughs) and it's, um, it's exactly what we did. Put one foot in front of the other and every day you wake up and make some more phone calls and, and what can we do today? You know, and, uh, anyway, flash forward now it's 2020. We, we ended up, um, well, I guess if we go back a couple of years ago, we started noticing that everywhere we would play, uh, we were under this other name we went by for eight years called Martin Family Circus. And that that came about um, by Vince Gill. He gave us that name kind of just joking okay. because yeah. our family was so crazy. Right. I had worked for him years earlier at his management company um, and just out at the Opry one night out there seeing uh, my mom and my dad sing. We were all uh, hanging out, had all the kids with us, and he's like, well, it looks like a regular Martin family circus around your house. And yeah, so that kind of stuck. And then, and, we, uh, we went then as that. Changed. and then it changed. We went as that for many years, but, you know, we would find as we, as the kids were growing and were very serious about playing, I mean, they're, you know, they're musicians, they're, they don't, they want to be taken seriously because they're not right. just, like I said, standing up there just barely singing. They really uh, take their craft seriously. They write. They they write music. And so we would show up to play a, a fair, and we would notice people would think, oh, great, it's kids. Ugh. You know, like mm-hmm. they just automatically assume it's not going to be any entertainment. It's not going to be any good, you know. Right. Well, we would just be very nice, and we would play, and then they would come back around going, oh, my gosh. I don't know what I was expecting to see, but... Um, Wow, that that was really interesting. That was great, you know. Uh-huh. So it was fun to watch people turn around and start going, "Oh my gosh, you know, y- y'all are really good," and and um, very encouraging to us and all that. But we we then noticed plenty of times we would show up and they would hear the name circus and they would think we were a real circus. They would say, "Oh, listen, the animal entrance is down in that end." Oh gosh! <laughs> oh boy! Name name change time, and so you yeah, evolved. So, uh, you know, I think it's time to probably just change this name. So now um, we we started examining things and how are we going to call ourselves? Uh, what are we going to call ourselves now? And so hey, we said, quick, "Hey, Jamie, real quick, I, I'll insert right right about 2015 or 16, right after we started doing this." Um, we were at church one day, and and our church was having a concert that Sunday night. It was the, uh, I think it was Mark Lowry and the Martins, who is a, who got, that's one of the reasons we went by Martin Family Circus because there was the Martins Gospel Group already in place, and we know them; they're friends of ours. Anyway, some people came up to me that day at church because man, we're so excited to see you all. And I said, "Well, you're really going to be surprised. I'll tell you that." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that ain't us. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because so there was a there was always a little bit of confusion surrounding our name, and we're like, you know, I think it's just time, you know, to change it. So we started thinking about what to call ourselves, and we settled on Rockland Road, and that that came about because my parents 
when um, we lived in Hendersonville, my mom and dad had a, a studio that they started in our basement. And when my brother and I got to be toddlers, it was hard to have quiet, you know, to record vocals downstairs because you'd hear us running around upstairs and right. making noise. Right. Troublemaker. So, that's right. Troublemaker from the beginning. <laughs> and uh, so they ended up buying some uh, a, a piece of property with a building on it out on Rockland Road, a street called Rockland Road in Hendersonville. And it's they a great ended name. up getting it's, it's a great name. Yeah, and and funny enough, uh, you know, it's it. I think the actual building was was uh, it, it sits sort of a, at the corner of two streets, Rockland Road and another. I believe it might be Louise Avenue, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and Louise Avenue was a little side street. It wasn't as you know. Uh, People didn't know where that was, and Daddy was like, "And I, I don't. That doesn't sound too cool, anyway. I like the name Rockland Road better. That sounds like rock and roll." And so, yeah. at the time, it was county property, and so you know, he just decided to go with the uh, the Main Street name, and and it stuck. And so that became their their studio. They they had a publishing company there, and it was going along well. And the Oak Ridge Boys ended up you know, going in partners and making it their headquarters. And so that's where they were all for many, many years with their studio and everything. And then about 23 or four years ago, they sold it to Ricky Skaggs, and mm-hmm. he still has it. He still yeah. operates it today at Skaggs Place Studios. That's cool. And um, Skaggs Family Records. So it's still going strong. Okay. And we've gotten to record down there, and it's just where the music got started for us, you know, down on Rockland Road. So that's awesome. Seemed fitting. We are talking with uh, Paul and Jamie Martin of Rockland Road and uh, on here on WHIN and Sumner County Spotlight. We're up against our break. We're going to come back with our final break. We're going to talk about what's ahead, what's going on, and life post-COVID, which we all hope there will be. Uh, We're going to talk more about that in just a moment. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbag.com. Welcome back to Sumner County Spotlight for our final segment this morning. We're enjoying talking with Paul and Jamie Martin of Rockland Road and their entire family. They got a big crew and a lot going on, at least we all did, until about March. Okay, so I'd like to have one of these programs where I don't talk about COVID, but I've yet to figure it out. But anyway... (laughs) Um, what's that? What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Never heard of that. So I think what's, what's I, I just think in this area, I'm not sure everybody realizes. I mean, has everybody been impacted? Yes. Has anybody been impacted like artists and musicians? I, I don't think so. And I, I no. just hope people remember that because nothing has been hit hard. I mean, there's just nothing for you guys. I mean, who wants to do another living room concert? Good Lord. Oh, I know. And people don't understand. It's not just us. It's not just the artists. It there. It's it's the entertainment industry as a whole. Has yes, been it squashed. is. Lights, you know, sound, the venues, trucks, the, venues, cars, the, uh, the crew, people, crew. merch, crew, yeah. lights, security, yeah. everybody, parking, everything to do with an entire event. Mm-hmm. And I mean, whole state fairs. There are huge, huge fairs, state fairs, and things that we play. And and they've had to completely just cancel them for the year, and it's it's heartbreaking. We're looking at you know one in particular, uh, like they see about two million people a year. That, that when we were set to play, and they had to That's just this cancel. This week, actually, Jamie, today, yesterday, they, they the last few days, we were supposed to be at Minnesota State Fair, and today in Wisconsin, and we canceled the Wisconsin because of the Minnesota State Fair. You know, they, the good news is we're 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 booked for next year. 
Yeah, so yeah, but that doesn't year. help us this year. And, yeah, you know, I, I mean, just in Lebanon, I mean, it was the largest fair, I think even bigger than the state fair, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, Wilson County Fair is ma- yeah. a major, major fair, and oh, so heartbreaking yeah. to see it just have to be yeah. shuttered. You so know? how is it affecting you guys, your friends, everybody that you work with? Um, you know, are they, is everybody, I mean, I'm just like, crack open the door, let us have a few little things, you know? Exactly. We we have watched so many of us just try to make the best of uh, just a weird year, a weird situation. We've all done our share of, you know, we did the Live from the Living Room series, you know, where we would sit on our couch and do a song mm-hmm. every couple days and upload it. And then that went from a song to maybe three to four songs and then to maybe an hour and then you do an hour takeover. And everybody's just trying to do anything they can to keep the well, music going, you know. You know, we well, actually put out our first, we put out our first single on Back first of the year, and we put out our video for it on February 14th on Valentine's Day. A month later, right as the lockdown occurred, we had really gotten about 35,000 views on Facebook, and we were right at 10,000 on YouTube. We were so excited. People were starting to really get, grasp the song. Yeah. And then when the COVID thing locked us down, we said, this is not really very taste, tasteful to keep pushing this. Mm-hmm. So we just kind of stopped. And, and then, like Jamie was saying, we would do the, the what I told her. I said, man to do a whole hour living room concert. I don't know if people really want to sit and watch us for an hour. Let's just do a song well, at a time. and just Everybody's get, lives you know. just got jacked up and turned yeah, around. Yeah. And, yeah. and so what I worry about, and maybe, you know, maybe I'm the only one, but you tell me what you guys think. I worry about the ones we'll never hear from again. That's, that's what really makes me Yeah, there, there are many that have had to move on. Just, yeah. You want to keep doing it, but you can't sustain for a year with no work. You right. know, so right. you just got to find, you got to find work. And it's like, what else do I know how to do? Uh, well, I can paint, so I guess I'll go that's paint right. some houses. And next thing you know, that takes over and the music takes Thank, the back seat. So. Thank, thankfully for me with my studio, uh, I've been doing projects for quite a while now. There's a, there's a label out of New York, and they own these old country recordings from the early 70s, they were recorded for Armed Forces Radio. Okay, now you're getting and, into my era. I love that see, kind of well, you, know, you love these. I mean, we're uh, talking uh, Vern Gosden and, uh, oh, oh my yeah. gosh, it, I mean, I love all really that. Really good stuff. And you I know. just, and, and the guy, he reached out to me and he said, Paul, could you could you do a Jeannie Seeley Jack Green project? I said, I'd love to. Would you, yeah. Jean, Jean, I knew Jack quite, quite well and Jeannie's like family too. Mm-hmm. And I just finished up Bob Lumen. I've done Waylon yeah. Jennings oh, and man. Connie Smith and, and all these already. So these projects have created a, a, an income from our family, which I'm so thankful for. Plus I'm still getting to do what I love. Oh man, you I know? mean, you're, now you're really jogging my memory. We're talking Joe Stampley and oh my God, those yeah. guys were great. Love man, Joe Stampley. Just, yeah, those there guys are so many good, just classic country artists, and, and these recordings that Paul is getting to work on are, these artists are just in their prime, and they were just, you know, yeah. singing oh, yeah. when they're just singing their very best. And so who'd it, have known, you know, we, we, we'd heard of Marty back then, but I didn't know he was like four. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Because <laughs> he was a part of it. I remember seeing him on a label and having no idea that he was my age, but whatever. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> He was on the road as a kid, you know. Was yeah. he like twelve? Maybe? Absolutely. With Lester Flat. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's very Pretty cool. Wild. Okay. So, so where are we now, and what are you? So, there are gigs booked for next year, and I'm hoping they all happen. The early part of the year, I I don't even know anymore. You know. 
I know we, we just played with the Oak Ridge Boys down in Georgia about three weeks ago, four weeks ago. We opened for them at, at a nice facility. We, it was so exciting to get to go play, period. But then to get to play with Granddad was just an icing on the cake. But, but like I said, the Oaks had a bunch of dates in August and only did like, what, three dates total? Yeah. And, and, and uh, we've done, we had a couple of reschedule in August for, for this month now. We're gonna, you know, so it's, everything's just kind of moving around. We, we think, you, you look at the date and go, okay, we got this date. Well, right. no. You know, and, well, and, and not it, only that, I mean, let's be honest, you, you know, it's not like you can't be a little concerned about your, your dad and the band members because we're not, you know, they're not spring chickens anymore and we got to be careful. Yeah, sure. um, so, yeah, yeah I mean, I'm sure they're careful. itching, they're itching like anybody to get out. But on the other hand, you know, you don't, you, you've just, I don't know. I don't think people know what the heck to think. They, I don't think they do either, and and all I know is you know they're uh, you know my dad says it all the time. If we can, if people like us can just hold on just a little longer, just a little yeah. longer. He said people are going to be craving, no you know, question. music. They're going to be craving these live events. And he goes, I know I'm craving it now, but well, you know, people, uh, we human, need stuff human to make beings, people happy. Human beings like to be together. I mean, you can, yes, all, yeah. and I think that's part of why the whole world is kind of crazy right now. It, it's just. You know, we're kind of all done with it, and I don't know. At, sure. some, at some point, we're just going to say the heck with it, and we're just going to go out and see what happens. I don't know. Well, music is, is a universal language. Everybody speaks it. Everybody loves it, and it and it brings people together. And, you know, we we love it for that. Um, it's just it's just fun. It helps you just kind of uh, unify, you know. And, and so I, we, we love that we're seeing events come back just a little at a time, not not in great numbers. Yeah. Um, but yeah. if you mostly it's and it's mostly smaller events. There's none of the real big ones right now. But so how does it how does that feel from an artist perspective, guys? Because, you know, you are, you know, got this big place. Okay, it's the third full. Um, it, not, yeah, you know, it all audience, all audiences are great. <laughs> I mean, hey, you know, you can walk yeah. into a room with four people and go, ooh, an audience, yes. You know? <laughs> yes, it feels strange because they're spread apart. You know, most of the, you know, with all the keeping with, with the, uh, all the, uh, rules and regulations and that kind of thing everybody's trying to maintain and so uh you know it's it's odd for everybody it's odd for the people working the events it's odd for the people coming it's odd for us as musicians but we're all getting through it and um just you know trying to enjoy life and enjoy each other and and get back to a little bit of uh normalcy of going to events like i just can't wait for it to crack wide open again <laughs> I, i'm with you i'm with you jamie i, I agree I know we have we just we just wrapped up a new music video last week that we're hoping by the next week or so we should be putting it out to kind of coincide because we're working. You know, September twelfth we're going to be playing in Portland up up the road. Well, that's Portland. what I was just going to say. You guys got a couple yeah. things coming up here, so yeah, yeah. we yeah. do. September twelfth we're going to be doing. It, it, it traditionally has been called Music on Main Street in Portland. They do it every summer, um, and so our actually they've they've moved it though around the corner. Um, you can you know to a big a big parking lot area, so it won't be in the middle of Main Street. So now it's just you know free concert in Portland. It, That's it's right. free for everybody, and they're just hoping to. Um, they've it's been doing the, it actually uh, just kind of the Portland pro- parking lot time, concert. So. That's right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and actually, you know, and they're doing it a little earlier too. We're doing it from five to seven on on the twelfth. Normally, I think they did a little later, but we're doing it from five to seven, so that way people can come out and and watch a concert, probably go grab dinner before they go home and stuff. Yeah. You know, so. 
um, it, it'll be a nice time. And and I think, like I said, I think people really want to get out and 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 you know just get their mind. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Music to me is always for me personally, and I feel like it's this way for most people. When you hear a song you love, or you like, for those of us who play instruments, it's like it's like therapy. You know, yeah. it really takes yeah. you off. You know, that's the way I've always viewed music as a as a as a you know an escape from the. Well, tell me about it. I mean, I've only been uh, sitting in a 10 by 10 room playing music for the last 40 plus years. <laughs> you know, I, I was yeah. uh, I was doing karaoke before it was even invented. So, <laughs> oh man, I just couldn't play an instrument. So, you know, I, yes, I could I could play your I could play your songs. I could play your songs for you, but that's kind of where it ended. But um, yeah, so Rock and Roll's yeah, got the, you got that. You got another thing coming up, and uh, and then we're getting ready to wrap up our show. But talk about the uh, you got another one in September? Did you say? Yeah, we do. I was just going to say quickly about the the uh, Portland show. If if you want information on it, you can go to the Portland Chamber of Commerce Facebook page, and they, they have all the info about it. It's going to be at the city parking lot right off East McLaughlin Street okay. on uh, the 12th. And then moving on to September 26th, then uh, we're going to be doing a really cool fundraising event called When Pigs Fly. <laughs> it's, yep. a, uh, it's a fundraising uh, barbecue dinner and show. It's for and the they're, Sumner they're uh, Teen funds. Center, yep. Yeah, for the Sumner Teen Center, which is so awesome. It'll it'll be 7 to 9 p.m., and uh, so they've got tickets available on Eventbrite, um, you know, where you you can go to Eventbrite and find it. Actually, um, one of the sponsors is the Ultimate Party Superstore, and that's where it'll be right behind there Mm -hmm. under a big old tent outside, so you can just spread out, enjoy a bunch of music and some good barbecue. And we're heading into a beautiful time of year, too, so great time to have it. And look at this. You guys got two dates. I love it. We're on our Woo! way. <laughs> All right, let's Fire. come on. Come on, October. Let's go. <laughs> that is exactly right. So, oh, but that's that's going to be fun. I mean, you can you can check with uh, you know the city of Hendersonville. They've got information, or even the Sumner Teen Center. You can call them. Um, okay, and tell us about uh, and tell us about your website and, and how people can kind of keep track with you guys and what's going on there. Yeah, that's at rocklandroad.com, and we're on Facebook and Instagram or on Twitter. Um, you know, like I said, there's not um, – over the past few months, it's been – instead of posting tour dates, it's just been posting, uh, you know, live videos right. from uh, where we, we were at home. But we're starting to see those dates now kind of pick up, and we always, uh, you know, post all that on all the socials. And, and your uh, YouTube Facebook channel and, and the whole deal. Yeah, we've got a YouTube channel with videos. got a brand-new music video we are getting ready to release in the coming weeks. We've just finished uh, – We've just wrapped up filming it, and it's called, uh, it, well, I don't know if, if I should say the name of it yet or not, but you can yeah. be looking for it. Yeah. It's called Feels Like This, and actually our two children, Texas and March, wrote it uh, along with our, what, you know, a couple producers of ours, uh, and Greg Beek and Greg Barnhill, just absolutely so much fun. It, it is an absolute blast of a song and the video we have had uh, we feel like movie stars making these little awesome. mini videos well, we They're can't like mini wait movies. to see so, it we can't wait to see so it. much fun well we appreciate you guys uh, taking the time spending a good hour with us this morning we've had a really good time and we'd love to have you back when we can actually see you in person and i'm hoping i can go to the uh, sumner teen center fundraiser that would be great to see you guys yeah, we'd love to oh. yeah, see you face-to-face. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, sir. Thank you Everybody so much. Everybody come on out and well, have some fun. Know, we could actually have a great conversation. When you start talking, we start talking about, like you said, 
Joe Sampley. People, like, you're not gonna have a. Oh man, so you're now you're hitting. <laughs> oh man, don't even get me started. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay, enjoyed having Paul and Jamie Martin on the phone uh, with us, and hopefully get to meet them in person someday. And uh, we're gonna come back uh, with more of Sumner County Spotlight as we always do every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. Brought to you by F and M Bank at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard and myfmbank.com. We appreciate their sponsorship, and we'll talk to you again next Sunday morning. Sumner County Spotlight has been brought to you exclusively by FNM Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. Whether you need personal banking, banking for your business, or even home mortgages, FNM Bank can provide you with excellent service right here in Sumner County. Visit them today at myfmbank.com. Sumner County Spotlight will return next Sunday at 10 a.m. Thanks for listening.